It's time for WrestlingInc.com's Wrestling Perspective Podcast. I'm Dennis Farrell. He's Petey Williams. That's where you How's she going, eh? There it is. <laughs> That's called a pregnant pause in our industry. Yeah, it takes forever. Even though it was like not even a second, it feels like four or five. Yeah, the people at home, they do the math. So yeah. it, it feels like it's been forever since you and I have recorded something together. And you know this is... Uh, you know, leading into Christmas week, so we probably won't have. We may try. I, you know what? Next week we'll probably have one. I don't think we'll do one the week after Christmas and before New Year's. Maybe who knows? We haven't. Yeah, we haven't talked about it, but we we need a break too. Yeah, I mean, who knows? It's. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see because we know that like Raw is on. Like I think what Christmas falls on a Monday. Yes. And New Year's Day falls on a Monday, so it'll be interesting to see what kind of show they put on. It'll be like a Christmas-themed one, kind of like when they stop all storylines, just have matches, or if they're going to continue with storylines. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. You guys, you've talked about on a couple podcasts on Thanksgiving, you guys just know no one's watching, so you go out there and have fun, and nothing really progresses storyline-wise. So, you know, what do you expect happens? See, I don't know. Like, on Thanksgiving, though, everybody's watching football, so there's no reason to have – a progressive storyline wrestling television show. I mean, that that doesn't make sense. Everybody's watching football. On Christmas, though, I mean, I guess uh, basketball is a big thing on Christmas. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I don't know how many wrestling fans would watch basketball. So, um, but definitely New Year's Day. I mean, everybody's watching college football and all the bowl games and all that kind of stuff. So, um, I don't see it. The Christmas show they might be able to do something with, but I mean, geez, I mean it's a big movie day on Christmas too. Like people go to the movies and stuff, so they're not even home. So I don't know what they're going to do. I wouldn't do any advanced storylines whatsoever if I, if it was me. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I, I don't think I'll watch, you know, it depends on if I have to, if they call me to do a wrestling, ink, uh, you know, something here and there. So I, I'm probably going to tap out and enjoy some football or whatnot and enjoy my holidays. Hopefully you guys at home who listen, enjoy yours. Uh, let's let's talk about what we missed. We did the Belleville show. You heard the live podcast from there, which I wasn't happy with. The atmosphere, the conditions were not all that great, but it was fun to actually do a live podcast with you. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I had a good time. Um, I had a lot going on, so like my mind wasn't really into it because I had to – well, there was other stuff that we had to get changed backstage and all that kind of stuff, so I was running around with that, and then there was people coming in asking for – you know, autographs and stuff, and then yep. uh, putting together the mat. You know, you know how a wrestling show goes. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of difficult. I mean, we did it. That's great. That's awesome. I would like to do a live podcast where I'm like not wrestling on the show or have to worry about working or doing anything on the show. That'd the probably VIPs be great. And all that stuff. Yeah. So, so um, but yeah, it was it was fun just to be. I guess our first face to face one and look around and. You know, be at a show. You had the wrestling feel to it, I guess. We got so, to see each other's mannerisms when we talk or say something stupid. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah. I mean, I, I I wouldn't change. I enjoyed doing it. Um, it, it. It was a little different, though. I mean, we had a third person in there, um, which is great. Ryan's great, but uh, I don't. know. Maybe we could do it again sometime, and hopefully, better. you know, maybe works out a little bit better. Let's let's talk about that show because that was a fun show. Uh, you know, 
you you got to see we you know look you can go on the internet and read about it we won't talk too much but the one thing though my favorite part of the show was you wrestling and your wife and kids showing up for that yeah and it was it was uh that that, that was a big thing for me um you know, and I, I told them like about what time I'd be going on, and we could talk about like the ring. Um, it was like a rented <laughs> ring uh, by another local type of uh, referee, and the ropes were just—I don't know what happened. They were like broke, pretty much. Like you couldn't even you couldn't even run off the ropes. So uh, the the ropes were there just for show, pretty much. Um, so we had like a, a forty-five intermit forty-five minute intermission that was like forever and my kids were sitting out there and it's like uh it's you know getting rolling past their bedtime um but it was great because you know um i i wasn't expecting the reception that i got from the crowd you know we weren't in canada and when i walked out like it was it was a big ovation i was like wow oh wow okay awesome this is nice and in front of my kids too so now my my kids you know already looking up to me as their dad now they're like oh man he's like superman now you know like so um you know that meant a lot to me. Your wife got the confirmation she needed about our segments, which was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. That's true. So, grocery store. Uh, was it Ryan that comes up? Is his name Ryan? Uh, grocery store Derek. Derek Ryan too. I don't know. Grocery store Derek comes up, and I, he. I don't think we even told him this. So this is if he's listening. This is the first time he hears it. He comes up and says, "Hey." you know what's going on and i go hey because your wife's standing there but off to the side he doesn't notice her and i go so what do you think of the ask pd's wife segments he goes oh man i love them they're hilarious it's funny and i asked him a couple more questions about it you know couldn't have been nicer compliments to your wife he walks away i go see people like you and she goes thank you so much for that <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it those segments come off well, um, and she's such a trooper for that. I mean, bringing the just bringing the kids to the wrestling show. You know, I know she doesn't like wrestling or whatever, but uh, you know, the kids. Well, you saw how much my kids were into it and stuff like that, and screaming and all that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's a good segment. She got the confirmation she needed, knowing that you know at least one person likes it, right? At least one. At least one person likes it. So, but you know, I when I look at grocery store Derek, I think of him as, you know, a pretty, uh, I don't know what to call it, like a, a general wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. Like I, I would say that seventy uh, percent of what he thinks is probably what the majority of people are thinking. You know, so he's not like a, a super hardcore smart mark or not a super casual fan. He's like in the middle. So um, I, I think he. He's like a common audience, I would say. So, and, you know, getting his opinion, you know, it's kind of like getting the opinion of, I would say, like 70% of the audience. Let, let me say, though, by the way, I want to wish a happy Friends Day to my new best friend, uh, Desmond Xavier. <laughs> You're my boo out there, buddy. Uh, he still hasn't yeah. followed you, which means he's loyal to me and we are BFFs for life now. Uh, yeah, I mean, when I talk to him in January, um, I'll see where he stands. Um and uh, yeah, maybe we'll have a little face to face. You know, th- th- this could be end up coming a storyline on television. Yeah. You know, can you imagine this? Like, why aren't you following me on Twitter? It's like, why should I follow you on Twitter? Like, in just a Twitter feud. I mean, that'd, it, that'd be ridiculous. But it could that's be something fun. That, yeah. I, you know, if you kind of think about storylines and how all of them are played out, I'm not sure if I've seen a a Twitter based wrestling feud like that. 
Uh, no, and I mean, it's it wouldn't be ridiculous. I mean, uh, I think back in the day, somebody, I think Jericho accidentally spilt coffee on Kane, like in the backstage area. And Kane got upset, and then they end up getting going into a feud over spilt coffee. Like, that's so ridiculous. And like, just at the Belleville show, I'm signing autographs next to Jimmy Jacobs, um, even though he was like my opponent for the night. But there was other guys in there um, in the match. But I, I took his uh, Sharpie because mine was running out to sign an autograph. And then I accidentally put it down in front of me. Mm-hmm. He went to go reach for his Sharpie. You slept and he was like, where's, where's, where's my Sharpie? I'm like, oh, sorry, dude. Here you go. And he goes, steal my Sharpie. He's like, I challenge you to a match. And I'm like, I accept your challenge to the match. You know, because, I mean, we're already wrestling. So, I mean, ridiculous stuff like that, that's, that's wrestling, man. The, the biggest marketing genius I've seen at any of the shows that I've bummed around with you with was by far Johnny Nitro or Johnny Impact or, you know, John Morrison. Holy oh, cow. That guy. He wears his stuff head to toe, so he, he sells everything. He's wearing his, his sunglasses, which are for sale. His head, like his bandana, which is for sale. His T-shirt, for sale. His fanny pack, for sale. Head to toe, he's dressed in all his gear. Shoelaces. And, the guy had everything. I mean, yeah. holy cow. You and I kind of stood off to the side for a minute just in awe of the marketing this guy did yeah i mean i'm doing it all wrong i'm just wearing the shirt you know that's what i'm doing i mean i need to start and sometimes it's not even the shirt you're selling yes yeah but no i i sat there and i just was like holy cow that he's he knows how to do it yeah i mean and he probably makes a lot of money doing it and even when he you know he has the he was on that pilot episode of glow you know, he had the glow eight by ten with all the glow actors and all that kind of stuff, and you know, people are eating that up too. Yeah. So, yeah, anything that he does, or and even um, he was selling the DVD or yeah DVD of the movie he was in. I can't remember what it was called, like Boone or something like that. Yeah. Um, oh, I saw that in the shirt, Boone, and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, he knows how to do it, man. Good show. Nice little venue. It was at a country. Uh, country western bar i yeah. i, I kind of thought the venue was cool minus the ring problems yeah i i'm sitting there by the way the main event was like a three-way with uh morrison uh del el patron and uh eli drake yeah now you can't um, now, I, I didn't get to see it i was i was down in the bowels, locker room. yeah the bowels of the bar now did have you heard are they actually going to use this footage yeah, so uh, they filmed it, right. and that's why usually, you know, when you saw the setup and stuff like that, and then they were setting up the ring, you saw Scott down by the ring the entire time, right? Exactly. You don't usually see that. Scott's usually nowhere to be found near the ring, but the presentation of the show is going to be based on how the ring looks. So he's making sure, like, they had to, like, retape the ropes. They had to spray paint the po- The ring was in rough shape that they got. I saw. So they did a a quick job to make it presentable for television, you know, the backdropping just to make sure it looks presentable because it's going to be either film. It was filmed for either, um, explosion, which is kind of like, uh, it's not impact, but it's kind of like their, their B show, but it's actually seen by more people worldwide because they have contracts with other countries around the world. Um, so it's either going to be filmed for explosion or their one night, one night only pay-per-view, which, uh, you know, when we film our Impact tapings, we also film one-night-only pay-per-views because, again, uh, Impact has contracts 
worldwide that they have to get X amount of pay-per-views out a year because right now they're only how many are they doing? They're on lockdown, Slammiversary, and Bound for Glory are the actual like live like mm-hmm. pay-per-views. It's only three in the year, so I think they have to do like nine other somewhere around that um, like one night only pay-per-views or something for content. I don't want to give anything away in the match, but I might make my television debut. <laughs> you do? So, so I'll tell you the little bit of a story. The fight breaks out and spills out of the ring, right? Because you can't use a rope, so they they get creative. Yeah, I'm, I, I get I tired of standing and watching the show, so I let some kids sit, take my seat, and then I go sit at the bar. I'll, I'm just sitting waiting for you because I think. You had said, you know, I'm almost done. I'll I'll be up there in a second. Scott yeah. comes over, and we're hanging out, just kind of chit-chatting for a minute. All of a sudden, I see Scott look up. He walks around the corner, looks around, and and hides. <laughs> okay. I go, oh, whatever. So I'm sitting there, and next thing I know, I look up, and I think Eli Drake and El Patron are right next to me fighting over the bar. just <laughs> Just like that, right? And El Patron's on top of the bar. He's putting his foot in the ice, and he's you know punching and doing all the El Patron stuff. And I'm just kind of sitting there going, I-, I came over here to get away from wrestling, and now wrestling has come to me. Yeah, wrestling, and, it's attached to you. It follows and, you everywhere you go. And the cameras are kind of right there, and I might have this dumb, confused look on my face of, what what's going Why are you guys here? You, you know what I mean? Yeah, the ring's over there. Yeah. I'm like the furthest away from the ring possible. So they're there for about three minutes, and then they move on to another area. And I just thought, wow, that was that was kind of cool. So we'll look for you uh, when that uh, airs on television. Yes, look for the sad, lonely guy by himself at the bar. All right. As soon as I find out when it airs, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. Because um, that's going to be my new Twitter profile. <laughs> your confused look on the face while two guys are... On the bar... Yeah, the crap out of each other. Oh boy! So yeah, I, and I didn't tell you that. I was gonna tell you that, and then you know we were driving back, and I, the conversation went elsewhere. So yeah, um, no, yeah. I mean, it was it was it was a good show. I don't know how much is of the show was filmed for, uh, you know, Impact or television or whatever. Um, probably, I would say my match because you got Akeem Zane who's contracted with you know, uh, impact cause he won that global forge challenge. Right. And then Jimmy Jacobs, who's, you know, well, last night, if you watched impact, he, uh, he came out and introduced Congo Kong as like the, the mystery partner for, uh, Eli Drake and Chris Adonis. So, um, you know, Jimmy's with the company. So you got three guys with the company out of the four in the match. So, it, you know, that one should make it to television. That's that, that would be kind of cool because, after the match, you run over and kiss your daughter. So I'm hoping they caught that moment. Uh, they probably won't. Um, I, I would I would assume because I mean I, I don't know. You, you never know. You never know. But I would assume after the match goes off, like you know, goes and they raise my hand, it'll probably go off the air. I I really thought you were going to come over and hug me, but I, I understand. Yeah. I, well, I did that after the show. You know. Oh, by the way. <laughs> Have you ever been blocked by somebody and not known why? Like blocked on Twitter or yes, whatever? Yes, yes. It happened to me this week. Um, can you, can you see if somebody blocked you? Kind of, well, if you go to tweet them again, it, it tells you. 
Oh, who blocked you? All right. So there's been a couple wrestling shows where one of the young ladies that, that and I'm telling the story because I'm innocent, because if I was a, a jerk, this would never have seen the light of day. Yeah. So I'm trying to describe very short girl, long, uh, kind of long hair, seems to know everybody. She was Jimmy Jacobs' friend or something. Oh, um, Do you, yeah, yeah. I think her name was like Lane or something like that. Well, yeah, I'm not saying name, but yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. So I send her a tweet saying, hey, listen, Petey and I do a podcast. I'd love for you to listen to it and tell me what you think. Because, you know, she's in the industry, knows a lot of the guys. If there's somebody that could tell us what, you know, we can do right and wrong in the podcast, it's her. Yeah. So she follows me. I send her the link. Um Let's see here. Uh, we talked about a few of the shows. She talks about her relationship with Jimmy. Uh, I talk about my relationship with you. I send her a link, and she goes, okay, thanks. I'll check it out. Now, I send her a message that was meant for somebody else that says, are you part of the group, which I play WWE Supercard. Oh, okay. And, you know, we have a group, and I was sending a tweet to somebody that was asking him, are you part of our private, you know, nerdy Twitter WWE Supercard group? Okay, so, re- okay. She replies, what group? And I go, crap, sorry, wrong DM, LOL. And okay. boom, I'm blocked. Uh, that you didn't add anything, like you didn't... <laughs> no, no, nothing. There's, there's no sexual harassment. There's nothing. And I, I went to Twitter to say, hey, have you heard listen to the podcast? What do you think? Boom. I was like, really? I mean, you know, if I would have sent you a picture or something, maybe if I was like, hey, doll face, what do you think? Nothing. Maybe she's like just found out what group you belong to and she's like really against WWE Supercard. Oh, my gosh. Maybe. I mean, maybe she's like, this is this is ridiculous. I'm blocking this guy. Yeah, I, stand yeah, it. I, I, was, I, I don't know. I was I was a little like, I want to say I'm kind of butthurt. But then I thought, I wonder if it's ever happened to you where another wrestler has blocked you. No. And I mean, I don't get uh, in today's, you know, very political correctness age. Um, I, you know, I try not to say anything that's going to be offensive to people. Because even, even if I do it in my character like say something mean or whatever Mm -hmm. people would take it as that the you know that's my personal feeling um not knowing that i'm joking or or care it it happens too much now things are coming up nowadays and all that stuff so i'm just like you know what any feelings or comments i have i'm just going to keep to myself they don't need to be on social media um so i mean i wouldn't have a reason to get blocked i don't think i'm blocked i don't have to up to see and I, and I haven't blocked anybody even people that come to me saying you suck or you know whatever i'm like i'm not gonna block you just because i don't care i'm just not gonna respond to you because i mean that's what they're just looking for they're looking for you know some some for you to fire back and get in kind of like a twitter war with you like that's that's what they're living for so i'm just like whatever no response do you know who hasn't blocked me yet on twitter uh desmond xavier yeah because we're bffs now <laughs> Yeah, is that what you were gonna say? Yeah, it was. Are you are you are you <laughs> jealous that he hasn't followed you yet? I'll, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a talk, and I think I follow him, don't I? Do I follow him? I don't think you. I'm do. pretty sure I do. I don't think you do. Let's. Let me... I'm pretty sure I do. Really, you think so? Yeah, I think I follow him, and uh, yeah, yeah, I do. Okay. 
Well, I guess I guess you know he's just too good for me. He's a big star. Well, that part's true. He, yeah, we are too good for you. Yeah, well, both of you, all all of your X division championships combined, um, Whoa. you know, are, are much greater Whoa. than mine. <laughs> Whoa! Time out. You only have, as it stands right now, two more X division championships than both of us combined. So that, that, that's true. That is true. It's and, only two more. So, and okay. And. I'm sure one of us, and I'm not going to say which one, has a pretty good chance of winning one in the future. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I would say so in uh, in some time in your career. Yeah, for sure. I'm not Definitely. saying which one, one, of, one of you guys. Yeah, I'm not saying which one. And I'm yeah. sure for the right price, I could get booked into a TNA X Division match. Uh, maybe because X Division is not about weight limits; it's about no limits, That's and right. you definitely have no limits, <laughs> as you could tell. Yo, know, yeah. David Arquette has held a championship. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if he can do it, then anybody can. I'm, I'm solely convinced. Yeah, and that's a world heavyweight. Vince Russo was a world heavyweight champion once in yeah. WCW. If yeah, those that's, two, that's not even, yeah. If both if those two guys can hold on to that belt, I can win an X Division championship. Yeah, once that happened, I really believe anything is possible. Anybody can hold any belt. Um, yeah, I wholeheartedly believe that because we're not in the real fighting business uh we're in the entertainment business so anybody could win a belt i just need to find one booker who believes in me <laughs> yeah so so your chances are probably a lot more slim then <laughs> i would think so um let's talk about this uh byron saxon thing that happened on smackdown uh for during the week he was on commentary they had daniel bryant come in who You've you've been on shows with him before. You tell me a cute little story because you know he owes all his success to you, basically. Oh yeah, I was on his last show uh, at uh, in New York. Him and Nigel McGuinness. It was their last show, and they wrestled each other. And uh, you know, I went to the airport with them. Um, and here, I already signed with WWE, and I said, you know, we're shooting the breeze, all that kind of stuff. And then I said, well, hey man, well, I said, well, good luck with everything, and you know, so. Because of my good luck wishes, I, that's why it was so successful. In my mind, that's what I believe. I truly am with you on that one. But <laughs> but uh, so him and Saxon's on commentary. Saxon, the, you know, they set it up with like, why are you helping, you know, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens? You know, don't you not like them after everything they did? And he's like, yeah, I don't like them. And goes into a story about how 10 years ago on the independent scene, you know, Owens is gouging out his eyes with a detached retina already. And what's it? Saxton goes, well, that doesn't count. But you, you heard the story basically saying whatever happens outside the WWE does not count. As a guy who wrestles the independent scene, how does that make you feel? Um, it, it, is that a see, it does face? count because think about it, like. They're actually now recognizing, you know, independent workers and stuff because guys that are getting signed right now, they're using their independent name and coming to WWE and bringing their independent, you know, fan base there. So and the thing is, and it was probably Vince on commentary or on the headset saying to do that because, you know, as much as like maybe Triple H is really trying to give it to Vince, like, hey, these guys matter. They have a fan base, these independent scene, you know groups and all that kind of stuff wrestlers they matter as much as triple h says that to vince vince might be able to agree with them and let him 
okay, I'll, I'll give in. But I, I don't think that Vince wholeheartedly believes that because he's like, I'm the big dog. You know, I, I'm the WWE is the only thing that matters. Everybody wants to come work here. So nothing else does matter. And in his mind, you know, that that's what it probably is. Um, he's probably accepting, you know, th- those guys to use their name, stuff like that, based on Triple H because he probably has, you know, his ear to the ground more and is more in tune with what's going on in the independent scene. I, you think Vince knows anything that's going on in the independent scene? No. I, 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 I Yeah. But I, not because he probably doesn't want to, but there's probably enough hours in the day for him to know everything that's going on in the WWE yeah. scene. And he has people that do that for him. So, I mean, he doesn't need to. So in his mind, his universe is the WWE and nothing else is outside of it because, you know, it's not making major headlines or anything like that. So, you know, it's probably him just saying that. Um, and, you know, who who knows if it was taken out of context, too? Like, oh, 10 years ago, that doesn't matter. Maybe because it wasn't on the WWE show. Um, and then, you know, if Daniel Bryan took offense to it and <laughs> kind of having, like, his own... And it sounded you know, like he did. Yeah. Um, but, you know, who, who knows? And I, I know Daniel Bryan like, probably wants to wrestle again and stuff like that. So he might be like fed up with his current role and stuff like that. Maybe he's like, I don't care what I say anymore. I'm like, so, you know, who knows where it all comes from? It's probably, I mean, it, it's, tough, it's tough to say what's really going on. You, you know, and this leads into my question about Shane McMahon, which I wanted to talk about anyways on this podcast, was do you think Shane McMahon could ever reach the, the height of being a villain that his father was? Because I feel like Stephanie has fallen way short of that mark, and it's a mark that may never be seen again. And I don't think even even as part of a Hill faction or with Hunter behind her, she could ever reach the height of being a villain or a Hill as, as Vince was. But could Shane do that? Um, I don't think so, and this is why. So everybody knows Vince is the head of WWE. He gets the say in everything. He, he And you could put all the authority figures on air, the general managers, whatever. Everybody knows Vince is calling the shots. So when Vince says something, you know, it, it that doesn't have to be approved by anybody else. He could say whatever he wants. So that can make you the, the main heel. Now – um, I don't think Vince McMahon will ever die, but if he does die and somebody takes over, um, that person may be able to get that heel height. Maybe not as high as the Attitude Era because, I mean, that was just – I mean, he was feuding with like Stone Cold and all that kind of stuff. I mean, he had the perfect baby face. He made the perfect heel. Um, so I don't know if those stars will ever line up again. But, you know, if Vince were to ever die – and let's say Triple H is there, you know, he might be able to uh, reach that height. And I don't think he will because Triple H is, you know, a, a very technically good wrestler. So, and Vince isn't. So when Vince gets in the ring, it's kind of like, you, you know, he's not a wrestler. Right. First off. So, um, but I don't, I don't think it'll ever happen. It could if Vince dies. Here's my problem with it. I don't think the power structure is you kind of alluded to is going to be conducive for him. Because I feel like if you were to make a org chart right now, it would be Vince, Hunter, Stephanie, then Shane McMahon. No, yeah, that's 100% true. And, like, uh, once Vince dies, then Hunter will take over. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it'll be Stephanie, but Hunter will be the one taking yes. over. I mean, he'll he'll be in charge of things, and that'll be interesting because that'll be a very interesting day. Because I know, like you know, Hunter and Vince don't always see eye to eye because they have different uh, thoughts and feelings of characters and all that stuff. Um, so if there's no more Vince and Hunter gets the final say, you'll see. I think a huge shift in the way you know characters are portrayed and all that kind of stuff um i wonder how soon like after he dies yeah how how soon does it is it like an immediate shift or do you think it'd be a slow transition to kind of honor his memory you know there's a lot of questions he's now vince mcmahon is no longer a spring chicken and you can tell because he's no longer on tv too yeah, I mean, once in a while he does for for big storyline angles yeah, like he did with Kevin Owens, but every once in a while. Um, but he's not yeah. a common fixture. Yeah, I mean, he's probably just going to live forever. I mean, who knows? <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I, I I don't know. Like, it's it's tough to say if it's going to happen right away. It probably will. Um, I just don't know. Like, they're not. I don't think they're just going to do a reset button i think they'll do a tro- slow transition because think about it let's say he died tomorrow you know i mean say hunter really likes somebody in nxt i mean it's going to take a while to build like maybe switch them over to the main roster right away but it's going to take a while for them to build up maybe maybe hypothetically speaking i don't know if this is true but let's say he doesn't like roman reigns um or his character or feels like he should be the top guy it'll take a while to have roman reigns go down that ladder um, because he's been built up so much. So it'll take a while for that transition just to, you know, get his guys where he, they want him to be and what he wants for, for the company. Could Hunter be as big of a villain at the height of Vince McMahon? No, like I said, no, I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't I, think so. Cause I, disagree I mean, with Hunter that. sometimes is too cute with like, you know, he wants to make jokes and stuff like that. When Vince, is it like in his main heel like role? There is no joking. He's just downright nasty and like, you know, just whatever. But then again, you know, Hunter could do it because he now he could say whatever he wants because he's doesn't have to answer to Vince. I feel like he has the potential, but it all depends on who the babyface is going to be. Yeah, no that that that's that's true. Because, yeah, like, like I said, with the Stone Cold era and stuff like that, that was perfect stars aligning. Um, you know, they'll have the work cut out for him to find somebody like that. You'd have to start creating now and yeah. maybe even have hints of, you know, friction. You, maybe you start in NXT now with whoever you choose to be your future wrestler or maybe a couple of them, but you start having, you know, Hunter versus Blank in NXT and as the stars align, you rise this up to the main roster. So you have a catalog and a history beforehand. Yeah. I mean, you could do something like that. You could tell they're already, you know, they are, they already start building an NXT like they did with, uh, uh, Nakamura was like undefeated there, I think until like his final match. Um, and they tried building them up in the roster, you know, like, I think they kind of fell short and stuff like that. Um, and then right now they're, they're, uh, they're really building up Alistair Black Oh, I can't um, wait for that. Yeah, so I mean, and he's he's awesome. But I, I worry uh, that's going to be another Neville situation. He, Alistair Black, is too big of a personality to be on Two Hundred Five Live. 
Um, and yeah, he, he'll go to the main roster. And here's the thing with baby faces nowadays. I mean, you got guys like, uh, you know, Finn, who's like super over and stuff like that. But, you know, he's just kind of like wandering around in the mid card. And I, I don't know if fans are like starting to turn on him or whatever. Um, I don't think they should because he's an amazing talent and stuff like that. Or uh, Vince thinks he's too small um, to be like, you know, a, a portrayed as like their guy like their big guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's, it's just weird being a baby face. Now it's not like they just build you up and then fans accept you. It's kind of like, it's kind of like if you're a baby face and fans been cheering you for long enough, they're like, eh, I'm kind of tired of, it's not cool to cheer them anymore. You know, let's, let's pick somebody else that we're going to cheer. Uh, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. You know, I think that's the problem with oversaturation of WWE TV where it's its own it's its own enemy right now. It's too big and it sometimes eats itself. Where back in the day you had Raw or whatever the headline main event, then you had like a Saturday show for the B storylines and a lot of it was pre recorded and these, these storylines went months and months and months and you could build people up. Now, in the 24-hour news cycle, you kind of have that with wrestling storylines where it's a new storyline every two weeks. And to me, you you run out of things. You eat yourself. And that's why I'm a big advocate of give someone a belt for a year or two. Make these storylines four to six months at a time. I don't need – I can – that would make people tune in or go watch the videos on WWE.com if they miss something. It, it needs to become must-see TV because if I miss two weeks of wrestling, I didn't miss much because the new storyline starts after the next pay-per-view. Yeah. No, it's true. And they try to do that with NXT. I mean obviously NXT is a smaller roster and it's like a you know their, their farm system pretty much. But, you know, they only have four big – I think it's like four takeover specials a year. Um, so, you know, they kind of build up to that. So they, they do have storylines for like uh, many months um, as opposed to on the main roster they don't. And I know they're trying to adapt to times. They're like, okay, you know, people like uh, fast storylines, you know, kind of get to the point. Uh, it's just a lot of a faster world now. People don't like waiting six months for stuff and all that kind of stuff. Um Whereas they didn't mind that back in the day watching wrestling. And I remember back, you know, even when it was just they had the Raw show and then maybe like their shotgun Saturday night, you know, Stone Cold was the big guy. And, you know, maybe you wait the two hour Raw show. He comes out for the last 15 minutes of the show and then he's not obviously not on shotgun Saturday night. And then you have to wait till the following Monday to see Stone Cold again. So you wanted to see him. You weren't sick of cheering him or watching him because he wasn't on the show or everywhere or on, you know, the network where you could just let's watch stone cold matches back in the day. So, you know, they, they presented their people better because you can, you saw them just enough to cheer them all the time. They weren't like, kind of like out there all the time, pretty much. And, and so I'm, I'm losing my faith that they're going to do the right thing with Bobby Roode. Yeah, like sometimes in NXT, like they see these people getting over and stuff like that. And let's let's face it, a lot of the WWE fans watch NXT. It's not like, oh, I'm not going to watch NXT. I mean, there's some people, but, you know, it's almost like they build him up and they, they've seen his character and all that stuff. And then by the time they get to the roster, they're excited for him. But then they're already kind of over him because they've already seen him for like a year. Um, 
So, I mean, that's the one downfall of NXT. Like, they're not like, oh, who's this new fresh guy? They already know who this new fresh guy is because they've been watching them on NXT for a year. Um, so that that kind of sucks. And I think that's why what's good for AJ is AJ never went to NXT. He came out, and people were excited to see him on the main roster, and they they were building him on the main roster. Like, he, like WWE fans didn't get this, the chance to see him or anything like that. So... Um, I think they might want to start instead of just sending everybody to NXT. Maybe save some guys, debut them straight to the roster. Uh, Mike Bennett. I, yeah, I, I don't know if it was the character they gave him or Mike Canales, as they call him, but there here's a guy that skipped NXT, went straight to the main roster, and just oh, nowhere. Well, to they be wanted seen. him on the main roster because of. Uh, uh, Maria, right? Because right. she was already on their main roster before. So uh, I, I think that was more of a, like a Maria thing rather than a Mike Bennett thing that they wanted. Um, which, you know, that's kind of set up for failure right there because they're telling you, like, you know, you don't matter, Mike. It's it's about her. Mm-hmm. So you're just kind of a lackey. So, I mean, that's almost a setup for failure right there. Yeah, boy. And, and I felt for that guy, too. Yeah, uh, but you know it. it n- not everything works in wrestling. So, uh, yeah. What What's the solution? I, well, I, I think that's it. Just uh, debut some guys right to the main roster. Like I don't know who they're planning on signing. Like I know there's big rumors right now that like guys like Lashley and EC3. Um, I was I was just pulling that up to ask you about that. It was you know yeah. Eddie Edwards leaving the the company. I know nothing about it. Um, well, they, yeah, uh, they don't talk to you about contracts, but you know, locker no. room hearsay. You know, that's gotta kill. Uh, I don't want to use the word momentum. I I think you could lose Lashley and still be all right. I don't feel like Lashley has been a. I mean, he's been there forever. Don't get me wrong when I say this, but when I think of Impact, Lashley's name is not the first one that comes to mind. EC3, I think, would be a bigger loss than him. And maybe even Eddie Edwards would be a bigger loss than Lashley, in at least my opinion. Yeah. Um, it. I See, I have, I've worked Eddie Edwards once in Ring of Honor. I really loved working him. Uh, I don't think I've ever worked Lashley. And then EC3, I just worked. Uh, you'll see the match on TV in the upcoming weeks. Um, but, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of EC3 and, and Eddie Edwards. Um, like their work and all that kind of stuff. I think EC3 is great on the mic. Um, he's very, uh, I, I really enjoyed my match with him. I felt safe in the ring with him. Um, he's got like a great build and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, guys like that, if they did jump ship to the WWE, I would like to see them like at least one of them or like, I could see Lashley not going to NXT obviously, cause he's already been established on the roster right. and like WrestleManias and stuff. Um, EC3, you know, I would like for to see him go straight to the main roster instead of NXT. And Eddie Edwards, that'd be good too. Maybe get him in a 205 Live. That'd be like a, a good boost to it or something. Um, yeah, I mean, that that's the things I think they should do. Is is the is the Impact locker room segregated from like stars, the young kids? Kind of like how they say the old w, WCW was. Is there any sort of kind of segregation or, you know, this guy has his own locker and uh, yeah, I mean, I think some guys have their, like, own 
uh, locker room and stuff like that. But for the most part, um, everybody just, you know, dresses in the same area and all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't think anybody feels like they're super above anybody else. I don't think impacts in the position where, you know, like to, to, for anybody to have that big of an ego, um, they, they could have that big of ego if they came in, you know, and then they turn the company around and we're doing awesome ratings and drawing huge houses and stuff like that, then for sure. Okay. I'll let you have that ego, but you know, I don't, I don't think there's any egos back there and stuff. And you know, it's, it's tough for me as well because the last tapings I was at, you know, we were in Canada. So nobody was really treating me like crap because they knew I was like the, the, the biggest baby face there, um, in that building. So it's not like, they're just going to be treating me like crap or anything like that. Um, and plus, you know, I've been around for 17 years, so I, I do get shown a lot like more respect than some people. Um, but I, I wouldn't say it's like segregated. I don't think, uh, I know the, the ATT guys, they kind of all hang out with each other, but they're MMA guys, you know, and, uh, um, but they're like right there in the locker room and stuff like that. Um, but no, I would say it's a pretty good atmosphere. I would, I would say the atmosphere backstage is better uh, than when I went there in whatever that was, 2013, when you had like the Hogan's and stuff like that. Like there was just like a big like you're a low card guy, mid card guy, or a main event guy. Like big, big gaps, you know. And right now, I, it feels like anybody could challenge Eli Drake for the championship. You know, I mean, I was I was one of those you guys. Of I was a mid card guy. And then now I'm ch- I was challenging for the heavyweight championship. So, um, yeah, I, I would say it's a good atmosphere in the locker room. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's the best that it's ever been. Like back in 2004, I felt like it was the best, but that was because we were doing all new things, just getting a TV contract, you know, doing, uh, just turning over to monthly pay-per-views. Um, it was new and exciting and stuff. And now it's a rebuilding process for us. So that's always sucks. Um, because we're trying to get rid of all that old stigma that's kind of put on impact. From everything I've heard, uh, you know, I've listened lately to a lot of old interviews AJ did and even talking to yourself, you know, back then it was us against the world and we're going to fight and scratch to make a name for ourselves and be as big of a company as we can make it personally. Uh, how does this locker room get that attitude back? Get because a lot of it comes with that attitude. You guys, nothing was given to you guys. You guys were not probably, you know, slated to make it a year. And here you guys are somehow still kicking after like three or four different owners and then a drama, bad TV contract. You're still here. And now to me, it seems like the time that you guys should have that. You know what? We don't care what anybody thinks. We're, we, we're going to be the best we can be. But I don't know. And this is my outside view. You've not told me any of this. But for me, in, in, in what I see on TV and just what I see and know, it seems like you guys are lacking that killer instinct right now. Yeah, and it's tough. I mean, when you you got to remember, like, when you film 12 weeks of TV in, like, five days, I mean, people are just, like – exhausted uh they they don't have enough time to like really sink in and develop more things like uh it's just you're wrestling like three matches in a night i mean how do how do i sit 
and think about new creative things and all this stuff to do. Um, you know, it, it was just better when we were filming like every other week. Like I could go home for like like two weeks, you know, maybe work some independent shows, get some new ideas or something or try some new things and then bring them to TVs the following week. So you just felt like rejuvenated, refreshed. You had time to kind of relax and let your body heal and came up with new ideas. It's tough to do that now um, because, you know, I could come up with all the new ideas I want between now and our next tapings. But, you know, sometimes it happens so fast. Like you can start a storyline on the first day of tapings and it could be done by the third day of tapings and you're starting a new storyline. So you have you have nothing you're like, if you start the storyline on day one, you're like, oh, okay. Um, normally it'd be like, okay, maybe three weeks from now you come up with an idea. Oh, I know how we could end this. Instead of like two days from now, you have to figure out how to end this or come up with a creative idea or something. So it's just, it's, it's tough and it's exhausting. So uh, maybe that's where the, the, the killer instinct lacks. It's just kind of like, okay, it's almost like we just have to get through these long days. Oh. Hopefully in the future, um, you know, when, when impact starts, you know, breaking even and making money, we can go back to that travel schedule. And I think that'll, that'll make a, a bigger, a better product. All right. All right. So every few podcasts, you know, I like to throw stupid storylines at you and sometimes you go, Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> that was horrible. Sometimes you go, boy, that's a great idea. I've got one for you now, PD. Okay. And I feel like you can take this one to your bosses. Are you, okay. are you ready? Everybody yep. loves a good invasion angle, right? Okay. And with this global brand that Impact is working on and all the different shows that you guys are taping with, wouldn't it be awesome to have, instead of you know somebody invading the big show, have the big show invade other people instead? So you would have you know Impact Invasion as you know we're taking over the world, and you start showing you know these Impact guys taking over indie shows. Yeah, I mean, the way I could see that could work is, let's say, uh, they're looking to sign a couple guys, all right? And they're like, okay, we know he works at this promotion. Uh, we know this guy works at this promotion, and this guy works at this promotion. And let's say we go invade, you know, leave their top guy laying, knowing we're going to sign him in the future. You know, then we could go to the other indie promotion, leave, do the same thing, other indie promotion, do the same thing. And then it can eventually you know, culminate at those guys that we just jumped, they kind of band together and they invade our show together. Yes. And that's how they are introduced to, yeah, that's definitely not a bad idea. Um, it's just that getting our guys to all those shows, um, other shows, you know, that takes, that takes cooperation with, uh, you know, the other promotions and all that kind of stuff, but it can definitely be done. And that, that's a good idea. Do it back, do it. It's like, it's opposite than what you usually see. See, that's that's kind of what I was thinking was, you know, it, instead of having all these brands, instead of going the logical way, which would have all the indie shows trying to invade Impact, you would have Impact trying to invade all the indie shows. And, and, you yeah. know, and why? Well, you're trying to grow your global brand. You're taking over every promotion, one promotion at a time. Yeah, we're taking over the globe. Yeah, see, I, you know, <laughs> and I think that would be kind of fun. Yeah, no, I, I, I think it would be, yeah. And, and um, if you're taping there, you could, have talent there anyways. Yeah, for the most part, yeah. I mean, they could start with trying to take over Border City, 
because mm-hmm. um, you know the, you could tell Border City's already affiliate, affiliated with Impact. They name them and have all their shows on Impact pretty much. Um, and since the, it seems like their new like global wrestling network, uh, it seems like they're airing independent shows from other independent promotions. Um, so yeah, I could definitely do it. I I you know I usually tell you when I think you have a bad idea and it wouldn't work, but that could definitely work. And to me, it has maybe not Bullet Club, but it has a massive faction written all over it. Where a lot of the Bullet Club successes, you know, they're on it seems like three or four different shows at a time, right? Mm-hmm. But if you were to start a faction and 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 you know call it whatever you want. And now you're popping up at different house shows. You're showing up at all these, you know, on these tapes and everywhere. It would give you a bigger feel than just having a faction at Impact. Now you have this faction that's all over the place. Yeah. The the only – so this is what you can also do. I'll tell you the, the one problem with it, but then also how it could be good. Um, it will be good for independent wrestling because uh, – you could be at an indie show and be like, hey, I wonder if uh, that one faction is going to show up. The impact faction is going to show up tonight. Mm-hmm. You don't know. So you might be at any indie show not knowing where they're going to show up or whatever. And it's going to be crazy if they show up at your show, you know. Uh, and promoters would like that too because they're like, man, I'll get more people at my shows and stuff like that. Um, all that kind of stuff. The only way it wouldn't work is that, you know, what would you do for the – I guess you could film that for television, but – you know, having those guys like who are they going to feud with? Say if they're all in the ring and they just invaded somewhere and then they're in the ring, who are they going to feud with on the Impact show? Yeah, you know, I guess you have. It has a, to be those guys, you know. So, you, well, I, I think you're kind of right, but on the flip side, you know, you'd almost could call the the that faction just the Impact, and they're just out to make an impact now. It's something yeah. stupid. Like I know, look, it's not well thought through. I get that part was stupid, by the way. But, you know, you have this group of five to seven guys that are just showing up on indies, laying people out because they want either more TV time or they're trying to get the, you know, the the eye of the bookers or whoever's in charge. You, you, something like that. But I feel like that you have this great network of indie shows that you're just not really utilizing in my mind. Like, you have your guys show up, you tape it for impact, and you leave. But... Boy, could could you imagine if you just had a bigger feel of impact presence at these shows? Yeah, no, like I said, it would be like you, you felt it there, like when we were just at the Belleville show, like just the setup and stuff, the atmosphere. You knew kind of like impact was in the building. Mm-hmm. Um, it's but, good to have that feeling at all shows you want. It just it makes for a better independent show. But I, you know, it would be great if you know. You film a match here and there for the show, but then you know you're you're filming an independent match, and then you have this faction of guys come out, interrupt the match, beat them up, and you know they're taking over this indie show or something. Yeah, perfect. That's that's there you go. That was my idea for the for the month. For the month for the I'm, year. I'm tapped. That's my only idea ever. <laughs> Listen, I've had a couple that, that you've kicked around. I'm joking, <laughs> but I've I'm had kidding. some. I've had some bad ones too. Yeah, and I've I've, I've told you flat out, like yes. I'll, like when we text each other and stuff like that. And you know what it does come down to at the end of the day, where the company's at right now, it does come down to budget. Obviously, Impact 
everybody knows Impact's trying to save money, and that goes to show with you know releasing guys like James Storm and stuff like that that are on the the very high old you know Spike TV type contracts. Um, so you know it does come down to budget. So you know one of the th- first things they do look at, and they're, they're going to be like, how much is this going to cost us, and we're going to get the the return um, you know on the investment. So. You know, just when you come with me with story, more storyline ideas, keep that in mind. But th- th- to me, that storyline doesn't doesn't say budget because you already have the impact talent there. You just have to figure out how to make them feel like they're invading. Yeah, because you're not. No, sure. I agree. That's why I said I think that's that's a doable. Because you got the talent there, you're not filming random random independent shows without impact talent there. You're you're there for a reason. So for me, you've already addressed the budget issue. You have them there. Yeah, yeah. And let's say they're already booked there or something. Yeah. No, I understand. So I understand. All right, let's uh, let's close this up and do some plug in, PD. Okay. You go um, first. I'm on Twitter at ipdwilliams. Do not follow him, Desmond Xavier. Do not. Yeah. Everybody That's for else everybody can. except for Desmond Xavier. Everybody but him. Our friendship hinges on the fact that you don't follow him. <laughs> yeah. I guess uh, <laughs> I do follow him, but I think I feel like if he ends up following me, it's it would even, ruin all three of our relationships with each other. I, I think so. I mean, I'm going to have to find somebody else to do this podcast with. We're all going to go our separate ways. Uh, the, the the axis of what this earth rotates on would be destroyed. I probably. I mean, we can't destroy the earth. So we, let's. I'm content with him not following me ah, for boy. the sake of the earth, for mankind. It, that now you're giving up, and it makes it no fun. <laughs> Actually, yeah, you're right. No, yeah, we need to destroy mankind. Yes, it's like and, crossing uh, the stream. That's what Xavier needs to follow me. That's right. See. I've never ever asked anybody to follow me on Twitter, so this is this is kind of ridiculous. <laughs> but um, fun at the same but time. I like it. This is good. This is good because I don't think it's ever going to happen. I, it better not. It better not. I will crush him in Call of Duty if it does. <laughs> oh, that's why you guys are. See, if I was a Call of Duty guy, I'm pretty sure you'd be following me. We're not. We've not. We've yet to play Call of Duty together. Let's just. I'm say- going to buy a PS4 and Call of Duty. Spend all this money just to sign up to, you know online or whatever just so you'll follow me boy you sounded really old right there <laughs> I, just, I, I don't play online games what can i say <laughs> i'm gonna get that machine you gotta get that machine hook it up to the, this internet thing get that atari 2000 that goes online right <laughs> go on the internet yes that's right have you heard of that call of duty game <laughs> Oh man! Did you? Ever, I am old. Wait, wait. Did you ever play ever play the Impact game? Uh, what's so weird is I have not opened it. It's still in the package, and I have a PS. Is it three? <laughs> I don't know. Never yeah, actually. PS three. I think it was out on right. Yeah, two, three. Yeah, I have a PS three, and I have the PS three game, but it's still in the package. See, that's got to be something that that you need to sign and put up because look, you you're in a video game. Yeah, I mean, okay, so I have played it before. I think we talked about this. Oh, I was at Midway Games in California when they were, like, still developing the game. Mm-hmm. So I was able to play it, and I was talking to the, uh, uh, the the guys that play the games that look for the glitches, so they get paid to play the game. Yeah. And I was like, man, you know, I'm like, this is awesome. You guys get to do this for a job. And they said it's actually not as cool as you think because 
uh, we understand you like video games, and this is back when I was really into video games, uh, but you're always playing a finished product. He's like, with us, we're never playing the finished product. So, I mean, there might be a glitch in there where we can't, like, advance in the storyline or whatever. And we're just have to start over and we're constantly playing. And he's like, it's not as exciting as you th- think because it's not the finished product. And I'm like, oh, that, that, that's a good point. That would be like watching a movie over and over again and it skips that before the, you know, main plot twist. And you never know what happens, but you got to keep watching it again. Did, did Was it like, was there a setup when the game came out in the locker room where you guys could all play the game together or no? Oh, you know what? Uh, yes. Oh, I, I story coming. Was. I, I hear a story but, coming. But like AJ, like was constantly like just hoarding it, and I'm like, all right, whatever, AJ. Wow. AJ's really big into video games, so I remember when he first had kids, and I was like, AJ, man, what are you gonna do with your, all your video game time, man? It's like you're gonna have kids now. You're not gonna be able to play as many video games. He goes, man, those kids gotta sleep sometime. And I'm like. <laughs> All right, dude. All right. Wow. Yeah. How, how excited do you think he is to be in a WWE video game now? Um, I would say he's he's, he's pretty excited. Um, I remember I used to uh, – I remember one time – remember GameCube? Yes. I so do. he brought that uh, – we were all rooming together, like me, him, and Saban. And we were playing uh, – he's, he's really good at video games, but I did have this one game – it was like a like a basketball game, and I was really good at it. I played it at home, and I don't think I let him know about it. I'm like, yeah, I got the game, but he also has the game, so he should be just as good. But dude, I was like really good at this one game, and I was just kicking his ass so bad. And like, he was AJ doesn't swear, but man, he was getting very close to swearing. And like, the game cue to be sitting on the desk, and he was like, like <laughs> slamming his fist on the desk next to it, hoping it would like skip the game. I'm assuming. So that it pauses and I don't beat him, you know, like, oh, man. Um, yeah, that was fun times, man. Fun times. Do you, do you, listen, this may be an off the record question, but I'll ask it to you anyways. Did you guys ever play any of the old WWF video games and like cut your own promos as those wrestlers? Because we all did it. It's it's wrestling's version of Madden. Uh. What do you mean, cut your own promos as wrestlers? Like As you come to the ring, you, you, you act like or you try to talk like, you know, just being goofy. Um, I mean, the closest thing we did was, like, uh, I don't think we've ever done that. Um, but the closest thing we did was, you know, when we used to make Jay Lethal do his Macho Man voice. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like, we'd be like, all right, you know, uh, Shark Boy, he used to have a great Stone Cold impression, so we used to make him cut promos on each other and laugh and stuff like that. Because you know it'd be funny to hear him swear and say gross stuff and all that kind of stuff that you wouldn't hear on television. So you know, and, and in their voices. Um, so I mean, that's that's the extent that we used to do. Um, uh, but no not fun. not not like you you described. We've never done that. Oh, you're no fun. I'm, I'm I could lie to you. Yeah, we used to do that all the time, man. Like right before we went to bed every night. Yeah. Did you did you see the video uh, Sharpshooter Steve sent us about uh, he created you in the WWE game and then? Oh, that was that was Steve, not Russ. Yeah, I, I thought it was Russ. I don't know. Um, They're the yeah, they did people. the destroyer. That yeah. was really good. That looks like an actual Canadian destroyer. It did too. I was pretty impressed. Yeah, that was that was really good. I like that. I forgot to respond back and uh, Tom, I liked it, but now you can. Yeah, yeah. Although I can't wait to see them make a fat, out of shape Dennis character. That keeps winded just walk into the ring. 
your like uh like attribute points are like what <laughs> negative. like 40 <laughs> negative 40 40 <laughs> that's <laughs> out of 100 nice. my finisher move would be gasping for air yeah <laughs> like that's your ta- that's your taunt <laughs> gasping gasping hands on knees gasping that's right taunt again gasping <laughs> i don't know i haven't played a, a, a while like i mean last like wrestling games were you know the the no mercies or the wcw versus nwo those, those type of games where you them. press the joystick one and this is like nintendo 64 you press the joystick to taunt to build up your you know your whatever your energy um so i don't even know if they still do that in the games i i i still have my nintendo 64 and no mercy and uh and nwo versus wcw versus nwo man that game made me buy a nintendo 64 that's how good that game was loved it ahead of its time all right uh any shows coming up that you can talk about um no i'm good to go i'm i'm done for the year um you know heading into christmas i got some stuff going on uh like you know personal stuff and then, you know, the next thing I'm going okay. to is uh, the TV tapings. Uh, we got January 10th through the 15th in Orlando for for Impact. Um, pretty excited. Sanjay ran some storylines uh, by me. Um, so it, sh- it should be good. Anything be significant good. because it's starting to feel like, look, we can talk honest here. It's starting to feel like that you're, you're, you may be a victim of uh, we, we don't have anything for you. No, no, that's not the case. Okay. Um, I, I know that's how it kind of felt um, at the end of the TV tapings, this last one. Um, but I, you know, we talked. We they got a direction. Um, so, okay. I, I mean, I don't know the whole the whole story and how we're getting there and stuff like that. But I, I kind of know, you know, what's what it's going to boil down to, and. Uh, yeah, we definitely got something, so I will be on your television set. I don't know if it'll be every week or anything like that. I don't know how many matches. Um, I don't know how long the storyline's going to play out. Um, but you'll be but, there. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm open to it. I'm excited. Um, I'm trying to come up with some ideas of my own, and yeah, it'll be good. All right. As always, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at Dennis77Farrell, F-A-R-R-E-L-L. Uh, go over to WrestlingPerspectivePodcast.com. There you can go to our Facebook page and like it. You can also uh, – what else is there? Oh, yeah, the podcast. Listen, if you're right – <laughs> that thing we're doing right now. Yeah, what else do we do? Nothing, huh? But the, the podcast, if you're on iTunes, uh, look for Wrestling Perspective Podcast. Subscribe to it. Uh, rate it five stars. Leave a kind comment. That's how we move up the rankings. Uh, we're it's just Pete and I trying to have fun. So, Pete, uh, hopefully I'll see you soon. Yeah, let's do this again sometime. <laughs>